Cabin Artists presents The Stephen James Wiley Show A American Septic proudly serving Phoenix, Arizona, and surrounding areas since 1953. At A-American, we can pump, clean, and repair your current septic system with ease. Or we can design and install a brand new state-of-the-art system. No matter the problem, our Cracker Jack crew of expert technicians have got you covered. Every Jack, Jill, and Diane gets a thrill when they hear the A-American pump truck coming up the road. A-American Septic. Find us on the World Wide Web at aamericanseptic.com. That's aamericanseptic.com. Howdy, howdy, and welcome to the show. I'm driving here in my truck. It is a snowy January day, and uh, it's beautiful. It's cold. Winter's here, finally. And I hope wherever you are, it's a beautiful and robustly prosperous day. It's nice to get the word robust into any conversation, I like to think. Uh, anyhow, today's guest is Kelly Budnick. Kelly is a, uh, technically speaking, she is a Reiki master. Uh, what does that mean? Well, she'll talk about that. We have a wonderful conversation. I have actually done uh, what you would call like energy sessions with Kelly. Um, and her heart is beautiful. She's a highly intelligent, really cool person. We dance into the woo-woo land of Maybe some stuff you might think is a little nutty, and we're both fine with that, and hopefully you are too. Keep an open mind. You don't have to agree with anything. Just enjoy it. It's a fun conversation. So I hope you are doing well. I appreciate you listening to my show. It means the world to me, always. Um, all right, here we go. Kelly Budnick. As an empath, explain to the gentle listener what an empath is. Oh, I hate it when you want me to explain things. There's Google. <laughs> we want a detailed <laughs> definition. No, I'm kidding. An empath is basically someone who is a highly sensitive person. And so whether that's because you pick up on social cues and you can like just kind of tell where a person's at or because you're like a more in tuned person, an empath can also um, just... F it, it, I think by definition, an empath feels what other people feels, feels the emotions or whatever of other people or beings. It can even be animals, I'm sure. But um, yeah, but I think a lot of it also comes from people who have like a lot of trauma, like mm -hmm. family, tra like who, if you had a lot of family trauma as a child and you learned how to read the room and like walk on eggshells you develop the mm -hmm. skills of an empath because that's how you create safety. Do you think some people, um, I need to turn my phone off. God 
don't people know what I'm doing right now? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, do you? Th- so you think a lot of people who are empaths become? Do they become them out of necessity, or are there naturally gifted folks as well? I think it's the yes and. Okay. You know, and I think as in most things, it's nature and nurture. You know, it's it's both. Um, yeah, I think there are born empaths, there are born psychics, there are born things, but a lot of that is like generational, it's it's genetic coding. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't born anxious just because like the, the genetic code stars align and like, here, let's have an anxious being be born. My mother was anxious. Like, her genetic coding is that of anxiety or whatever, mm-hmm. and so that genetic coding gets passed. That's gotcha. so I think it's kind of the same thing. They're gifts slash curses <laughs> in yeah. all of it. And so, yeah. And everybody's got a version of that with whatever, I suppose. Yeah. When you go into a setting like our new year's get together that we were at, mm-hmm. did, is there something at this juncture that you do to put yourself into a state where you can enjoy it without having those intrusive yeah. Uh, instincts kick in? Yeah, if I'm intentional, yeah. for sure. Um, a lot of times it doesn't even cross my mind, and I, I'm in it, and I'm like, well, you know, screw me. I am, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in it, and I, I wasn't ready for this, and now it's happened. Um, but I am a believer in crystals, and so I have certain <laughs> crystals or rocks that I've picked up at the river or whatever, and there's two ways, as in all things, there's two ways of viewing these things. It's symbolic or it actually holds properties or the atoms vibrate in such a way that it actually does good things. I'm going to die and find out the truth of mm-hmm. this. I think it's another one of those yes and things. Like, <clears throat> and this is part of what I'm sure we'll talk about today. But I have developed an opinion that... All things are made up of energy in some way. So if all things are made of matter and all matter is made of atoms and atoms are energy, then all things have energetic value. So for me, I have this crystal that is one of like the, if you go look up this crystal on the Google, like the science rock people like who have nothing to do with witchery in any form or like it has such and such rating on the hardness scale and da, 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 da. Well, all of those properties are because of the atoms that it's made up of. And to me, an atom like that property exudes an energy. And for me, it's a calming energy or it's a protective energy or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, I'm carrying around my smoky quartz tonight. I'm mm-hmm. keeping the energy, me, and you keep yours, you, and we're going to be good. So that's one of the things that I do. Now, it could just be that my mind has made the decision that I got this cool rock that I'm going to say represents the fact that your energy is yours and mine is mine, and that it's mind over matter, and great. I don't really care. It yeah. works. Yeah. So... I do things like that. Like, cool. I have my crystal. I have my, like, in my mind. Okay, I'm not going to take on other people's bullshit. It's theirs to have, and I don't have to carry it. And also, I'm not going to take on other people's joy or exuberance because I have my own, and that will overwhelm me tonight because there's too much of it. 
So that's what I try to do in most situations. That was a very long answer, but... It was good, though. It was useful, I think. Because I think there's a lot of people who uh, experience that. Yes. Uh, I think people, I mean, you go to the mall to go Christmas shopping or whatever. I mean, who goes to the mall anymore? But if you happen to... Yes. It is a bombardment of all the things. Energy. You know, whether that's the lights and the sounds and the smells and the da-da-da, or it's people's stress and anxiety. Like, we're in the middle of it. And if you walk into a place and you're like, oh, I was, I felt fine when I walked in there. But when I walked out, I was stressed and my stomach hurt and da-da-da. That is an example of picking up the energy of our life. Yeah. Yeah. So. And... I think more people experience what you just said uh, than we acknowledge. Yes. And give credence to. And it doesn't mean we all need to be like super sensitive, living in no. quiet little bubbles of personal no. library space. But it it's at least worth acknowledging and creating modes of function that enable you to be empowered and participate in life. Yeah. Um, which is what you're describing you're doing for yourself. Yeah. Well, and it's really a matter of bandwidth, right? Like, what do I have bandwidth for yeah. today? Maybe I don't I don't have bandwidth to go. I'm at capacity already. Like, Morgan and I were just talking. She, your wife, she <laughs> didn't happen to go to this party. And she physically wasn't feeling great, but also... She was at capacity. She Like she just said, she just didn't really have any more in her. She hadn't had any quiet time. She hadn't had any, you know, whatever. And I'm sure the kids weren't feeling well, all of the things. But it comes down to a decision. I can push through, but I know I'm at capacity. I don't have the bandwidth for this. And so I'm not going to be good company. I'm not going to enjoy this. Like we get to say, oh, I... <laughs> I don't have the space for this anymore. But as a probably Westerners more than most, we just don't give ourselves permission like that. Mm -hmm. And we also don't give ourselves permission to even know. I'm, you know, we just keep pushing through, keep doing the thing, keep doing the grind, whatever. Yes. And that enough of that will push us to a place where our bodies start to react. We do get physically ill. Like for me, if I don't listen to all that a few weeks in and I'm, have daily migraines and I'm like, why do I feel like crap? Well, I stopped listening to what my body and brain needed three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And now it's telling me. Do you think that the probably historic reason, the generational reason we've functioned that way is because of it, uh, the nece a necessity or a feeling of having to survive. And it's, it doesn't matter how you feel. You mm -hmm. just have, it doesn't matter or you're going to starve, go to work, yeah. depression era, pre-depression. I mean, people's lives now versus a hundred or 150 years ago are dramatically different. Oh, yeah. I mean, the idea in 1865 of having time to really just explore yourself <laughs> right. and, um, you know, get in touch with your heart. I mean, I'm sure it actually happened more than we know. Oh, for sure. But... It was not a cultural luxury mm -hmm. um, that we have right now, which is a beautiful thing. And I hope we don't lose it because mm -hmm. it's very, very special. And I don't think people recognize right. uh, what a luxury it is. But I wonder, because I look at myself and think, 
the times in my life where I've been least in touch with me, least in touch with how I feel about anything was because I had, I felt it wasn't even necessarily true, but I felt like I have to survive and none of that matters. Shut up. Mm-hmm. I, my thought immediately to that is life in the 16, 17, 1800s, yes, there was more of a need for survival. And so you had to just kind of do what you had to do. But I think what we don't have that they did is that they lived their life by the cycle of nature. Mm. And so nice. it wasn't such a driving need to put myself aside to go survive self and survival were one because you lived by they lived by the stars they lived by the cycles of the seasons and the you know when migration happened and they knew they had to do the hunting and all of that survival in that way was happening in that time and i don't know the history of it all like this is not going to be accurate science but i do know that I really feel like that is one of the things that is missing in our world. Yes, we have to take time to explore self, but at different times in life, that wasn't the case. You didn't have to take time out of capitalism and, you know, the grind of life that we experience and electronics and, you know, all of the things that we have to explore self because it was so intertwined. Mm-hmm. So that it probably, I don't know. But Go ahead. What? Well, it makes me think that part of what we're experiencing is the product of in, an industrialized yes. society that runs on a schedule that's entirely predicated on production. Yes. Which is antiquated at this point, and we yeah. don't actually really function that way in large part as a society, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but maybe this is our opportunity to reclaim mm-hmm. that uh like you said like it's a, it's a a slower like even meditation as a westerner like myself i've just in the last month reconciled a change that i've felt hit me of you don't have to meditate to get something <laughs> like and and i feel like my inner journey I'm on is like God for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. but it's a plenty useful word. God is like, just meditate on Mm -hmm. a flower, Mm -hmm. meditate on the word love, you know, like when Jesus went out and meditated or Mm -hmm. he wasn't trying to manifest a new house. (laughs) You know, he, he he wasn't like yeah. he didn't have his vision board with him yeah on the and there's nothing wrong with any of those things mm-hmm. but i've had this moment where i'm suddenly for the first time experiencing a meditation that is not trying to get a result mm-hmm. it's simply the meditation which is what true meditation is yes i mean and it, it I love the idea of manifestation and, and all of those things I do. And I, it's a practice that I work into my life, but the way some people or cultures or whatever taught 
manifesting was through this like meditating on the thing and like, you know, whatever. And it, it skewed the idea of what I think the true essence of meditation is, which is to connect with your highest self. The whole purpose of meditation is just to clear your mind, not be so focused on the new house that you bring it into being. The true purpose of meditation is to connect with God or connect with universal life force energy, whatever word or terminology or presence most speaks to you because I know God isn't for everyone, but also there are some where if you don't say God, then it's not meaningful. So I don't know how to make everybody happy. I've given up. Precisely. But really meditating is getting to a place where I'm outside of my little chirpy voices of whatever. And I just have such a clear mind that I get to just be, which is the essence of what I think God, love, the universe wants us to be. And obviously we can't live our whole life in that state, which is why we have to make it a practice so that we can just get there and reconnect and refill so that we then can be our highest selves Mm -hmm. and attract what our highest selves need or want. Mm -hmm. Anywho. Out of curiosity, when... What was the first moment that brought you to the idea of meditation? Hmm. <clears throat> so I got to a place a number of years ago where <laughs> I was at honestly probably rock bottom. Like I was so consumed by anxiety. My I had teenage children life just all of life but my internal engine was one of just constant anxiety which would then rev up to the point where I would be so exhausted that I would have these like depressive bottom out crash so it was like anxiety depression anxiety depression you know this constant cycle and finally it just I got to a place where it was becoming a regular occurrence for me to to have like suicidal ideation basically of like not that i was ever going to act on it but just like oh god if i just drove my car off this bridge right now i wouldn't have to feel any of this anymore it was regular and then one day i realized holy shit i am terrified of that person like it what is it going to take for me to act on that like that could happen at any moment and Um, I decided I need therapy. (laughs) Like, um, and for years, my daughter had been saying, mom, I think you should go to therapy. (laughs) When your teenager is telling you to go to therapy, maybe you should listen. But I was like, I can't, I can't open that can of worms. I can't go there. I'm holding all this shit together. I cannot open that because then who will hold things together? Well, then that moment was like, okay, somebody took the lid off the can of worms. They're everywhere. Like, lady, get some help. Mm -hmm. So I did. I just started some regular old talk therapy, which turned into trauma therapy. But one of those first therapy sessions, she asked something like, well, what do you do to, like, calm those thoughts down or whatever? And I was like, uh, what do you do to calm? I don't, 
I don't pray anymore because that doesn't work and it hasn't pretty much ever. I don't do this. I don't do that. Like, here's all the things that I've tried that have failed. So this is just the state of life that we live in, right? Like, this is just every other mom I knew, every other person in my life was on some level of this. And so she was like, well, I think maybe you should explore some options of finding a way to quiet your mind in some way. And I don't even know how... I think, honestly, the first thing she was like, have you ever heard of Reiki? Which was the first thing that I explored. Like, I went from being in a religious cult to walking away from that cult and and feeling alone in the world because that thing that was set up, that structure that was set up in my life to, to bring community and strength, like, just fell apart. And so I went from that to being like, None of this shit has ever been real. And also, I'm pretty sure God isn't real. And so I lived most of my adult life, like, in that void. And I went from that to, like, pretty much atheist, maybe agnostic. Like, yeah, there's probably something bigger out there, but whatever, I don't even care. Um, To, <laughs> I don't even know how, but to Reiki, which is the practice of um, harnessing universal life force energy for healing, basically. That's something you got to Google. There's 55 definitions from 55 people. But (laughs) um, in that, there sparked this idea of even if God isn't real, spirituality is bullshit, whatever, there is something to the fact that I have the power to calm my brain somehow, some way, and that I'm an energy being who has the power of deciding what energy is ruling my life. Like that was the first, I don't know, light bulb of I can somehow tap into something bigger than me so that I'm not a miserable human being all the time. Yeah. And and that for me is, I mean, still, even now that is at the core of what meditation is, what my spiritual practices are, what my, you know, whatever is there's something, there is a source without a source who wants me to feel and live in a place of light and love. I just get to decide that I want to be a part of that. Like, and for that, I think that's a universal truth, right? There's mm-hmm. a source without a source. Most people can, can, can connect with that. Like most people have a hard time connecting with the, the big bang theory. Like, it's like, yeah, but like, but where did that microbe come from or whatever? Exactly. And so that's, to me, that's source without source. Um, and if we can get to that place, there's source without source, and that source isn't a torturous source, even though our life is full of torture, um, but that source isn't torture, the humanity is. So if we can get to a place of acknowledging that, then we can try to plug into that loving 
light behind that source, which is so easily said. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it took probably two and a half years of therapy and me exploring every kind of wackadoo spirituality, whatever, to find what connected with me. But what connects with me doesn't connect with you, doesn't connect with every other person listening to this. But I think that's the beautiful part of God as universal life force energy is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if right. what, how that love connects with me is not how that love connects with you. It doesn't matter. It's that the love connects. Yeah. 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 Which is a shame that the type of religion that we experienced misses that. Yeah. Because I think that in itself is all that God wants. I agree. It's the nature of religions. They, they are yeah. exclusive. Right. No matter what they are. And yeah. you pick yours and the other ones are out. Right. Right. And for whatever reason, God is just a massive a-hole <laughs> to those people. <laughs> But yes. that's, you know, I, we know that belief system well. When you say source without source, is that a way of it being able to embrace the idea of God without embracing the idea yes. of God? Fully, Be because yes. that because it Because of the bad experiences somebody might have, you have to somehow account for your, the, the stigma in your mind yes. toward this what I believe is a benevolent, extraordinarily beyond my capacity yes. to understand mystery yes. uh, of love, the embodiment of love. But because we have a horrible experience, it's like, I don't want to go there, but I need to go there. So I'm going to do this, say yes. that this way. Is that it? Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. And not because like, oh, I had a really crappy situation with the word God, but because I don't know. Anyone who, when you say the word God, the first thing that comes to their mind is a benevolent mystery of love. <laughs> yeah. No, that is, nope. Yeah. I mean, I bet you if we went out and asked a hundred people between here and downtown Spokane, not one person would be like, oh yes, that benevolent light, love, blah. Right. No. Right. So... And, and that to me was, and that was my therapist who gave me that term source without source, because I was like, no, I can't go meditate. I can't go. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. That is all that has ever been to me is pain and a weapon. The Bible is a weapon. This is a weapon that like, and unfortunately for me, that is true. And I don't, it sounds to me like I am, have baggage about it, which I probably do, but not, I mean, not really anymore. You're it's not just... carrying it, but that was what that was true at the time. Yes, and so she said, "How about a source without a source? Can you go there? Can you let your mind connect to source without source?" And I was like, "And she's Jewish. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how that woman came up with that, but mm -hmm. it was the thing for me that was like, that is safe. It's very useful. Yeah." And I'm sure at this point, you don't need to say it that way. I don't. But so many people need to hear it that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. when I have a session with a, with a new client, one of the first things I ask them is, how do you feel about the divine? Do you have a connection, a spiritual connection with any sort of divine 
at all. Because I want in their session with them as they're connecting to source energy, love, benevolence, I love that word. Um, I don't want to like just off the cuff say something about God that immediately rips them out of that place of peace and love and healing that they're experiencing. Because I've said that word that is a freaking weapon. Mm-hmm. And so... I just, it's, it's not very much in my vocabulary, not because I'm trying to dance around somebody's hurt feelings, but because it has been a weapon for so many of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're trying to get maximum benefit. You're giving an action of love. And so why throw something in the ointment that's going to shut down a person's ability to be healed or experience a new truth? That's very cool. That's very cool. So doing what you do, how would you describe, I, I, I've talked a little before this interview to tell people who you are, but um, how would you describe what it is you do in your practice right now? So, I mean, my official billing on the big screen of life, my title is that I've given myself, so it's very valid, is <laughs> an intuitive energy healer. So... Basically, what that means is through some actual certified trainings, which I have certifications, many of which. So I wrote this down. I hope that it doesn't seem disingenuous that I wrote it down, but sometimes I have a hard time with the words. So here's what I know. Some people would call me a psychic or a witch or a shaman or... Um, I'm like one of my official titles is a Reiki master. Um, the thing is there's truth to all of those titles. Like if you Google all of those things, first of all, some (laughs) weird cultural, like other cultural things might come up on the Google. If you Google those things, my mother-in-law did, and she has never been able to get past it. She's terrified of some of the things she saw and I'm sad for her but i get it because when i googled it and saw what she saw i was like oh yeah okay that could be kind of crummy (laughs) that's a terrifying photograph (laughs) thanks goog um but but there is truth to all of those things um but it also doesn't fully do justice to any of the things so here's here's what i do this is my job that i do Um, I have this space that if you booked a session with me, I have this space that you come into and there's a massage table and there's, there's like candles and there's all these things like, just like if you were to go into a spa for a massage. And then what I do before a client gets there is I spend time meditating, doing whatever to like create a space that is just safe to hold space for that person to come in and leave all of the world, their world outside and come be held in love and not love the emotion or even the human love, but the universal life force Just, I always say, this is so stupid, but like 
the yumminess of love. Yeah. And I've had some clients be like, the what? (laughs) But it's that yummy feeling of like, whatever, whatever it is that paints the most comforting picture. Like to me, it's like the smell of warm cinnamon rolls and my grandma and whatever. Yeah. But I just, I hold this space of love and, and you come and set the intention that whatever is meant and whether, whether you have a sore shoulder or you're battling cancer or you have um, mental and emotional or spiritual needs that you're battling through dis-ease in your body of some kind. Um, it's just a place to, ho- I, I hold that space for you to connect with that love to help show us the next step towards your highest, most elevated good. And for me, the training that I've received, whether it's through Reiki or shamanic healing or psychic medium type things. Um, when the rubber meets the road, it is me hearing from God in whatever form that is. Yeah. Because I have opened myself as a vessel for, and I have natural giftings going back to my great, great, great grandmother and whoever else. Um, to be a vessel for truth and love and nurturing and healing in whatever way that comes out. And it may, this is where it gets weird. And I'm always like, God, I've, I have taken the lid off the crazy box, but it's, it's, I may get an inkling or a true intuitive knowing that, you know, this, pain in your shoulder comes from this internalized wound from you as a seven-year-old and da 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 and that has collected pain and dis-ease in your body for 20 years and so we work together and I and I lead my clients into can you feel back to that seven-year-old can you can you see what he sees can you feel what he feels and it works great for with people who are already in therapy, um, who maybe are already doing that work. It or if it's a person with cancer, who you know, Eastern medicine does a lot of this. But um, it there's just a way, and I and I wish I could put it into words that that feel like they're important enough and they matter enough to describe what I do because. <laughs> It's just until you experience it, it sounds like gobbledygook. But once you do, it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. Um, so it's it's a prayer. Mm-hmm. It's a, a session, an hour long session with me is an hour long prayer where we commune with your higher being or your highest good and find out how do we channel that highest energy into your body and what does that want to push out of your body to bring you to the place of of peace in this moment? And for some people, it's a one-time experience. And they're like, oh, that felt good. Cool. Thanks. And I never see them again. And bless you. And I hope for the best for you. And for some people, it is a thing that they do every month. We set the appointment. They know they're going to be there for whatever reason. Um 
And it's just a part of their life. You know, it's an extension of internal work that they do on their own. And it's a, it's kind of a set aside. Mm-hmm. My husband always says altar moment. Like we create this altar for you to come and devote this time to like, all right, what's the next, what are we going after next? Like, yeah. what can we heal here? And I don't know. I, <laughs> I hope that does a better job of describing it than it sounds like it is in my mind. But. No, I, I think it's very useful. I think the thing that's unique, because I've had sessions with you and and Morgan has as well, and a lot of people I know, it's that there is a diversity of outcomes or diversity of experiences mm-hmm. that people have. Absolutely. Um, because everybody is on their own journey. Yes. They're, they're experiencing something uniquely theirs Mm -hmm. and what you're doing often it seems like ends up having a myriad of experiences for you even yes um because you do have folks who go in not knowing why they're there Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then you have folks like me who are like here's where i'm going and um kind of feeling this and then there's kind of a a teaming up and working yeah. Toward, yeah. you know, not chopping wood, but create, like you said, uh, how would you describe the difference, I think, you know, in experiences you've had between people who have no clue what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, but still have something dramatic happen and those who mm-hmm. are, who are work, they're working on something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, <clears throat> so like for me, a basic, like, the most basic session with me would be a Reiki energy healing session. Okay. Most people have heard of Reiki and can, and if they are accepting of Reiki, which there are a very small number of people who can't even accept Reiki, like think that's pure witchcraft or whatever. And to them, I would say, be blessed, (laughs) go in love and compassion and walk your path. And I love you. That's okay. Um, but most people can at least connect to the fact that there is universal life force energy that is flowing through me at all times. And sometimes it might get a little bit blocked up inside because of whatever. And I want to like help those blocks. That would be a basic session with me is just coming in. And if a person is open to that idea, but that's pretty much where it stops, then it's going to look like, for some people, it's going to look like a lovely nap. <laughs> it's just yeah. a time to just be at peace and be at ease, and which is a wonderful, amazing outcome for all of us. Um, so somebody who doesn't have the first clue and their friend was like, you got to go experience this, that's probably what they're going to experience. Um, and then that may open the door to a little bit of curiosity of like, why did that just happen? Why do I, why did I lay here? You played some music and moved your hands around my body. Sometimes I touch and some people don't like that. And so it's just like a hovering motion. Why do I feel so good standing up from that? Mm-hmm. Like that's cuckoo. Why? And if there is that curiosity of why, then we can move on to all kinds of other things of learning and exploring more energy work or healing or, you know, even kind of the psychic part of things. So that's your base level. Anything beyond that is truly 
like I said before, it's whatever is for your greatest good. And whatever your highest consciousness connects with, it's all about intention. And, and like, I want to go there. It's, 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 it's Steve coming in and being like, I've had this freaking headache for two weeks. I am at the end of myself. All of the other things that I have done over the last two weeks, nothing is working. It's only getting worse. I need to go there. Let's just go there. Like I'm desperate enough, which is right. a lot of people, honestly, or I'm curious enough or whatever. Like I will do anything at this point, which is where we all get like yes. either it's physical or it's emotional or whatever. I'll do anything for relief. And at that point, it's just a matter of the benevolent, beautiful, loving presence of God in whatever form that is for a person meeting us where we're at and showing me and showing you what they show us. And um, most of my sessions beyond a basic Reiki energy sessions are very um, collaborative, I would say, of, you know, me, where are you feeling this in your body? What is what imagery is coming to you or what rando thought just came into your body? When I touch this, I feel an energy block right here. What rando thought just came into your mind when I, when that happened mm -hmm. and, and us working collaboratively to find the root of that situation. Maybe it's when you're a seven year old boy, maybe it was your granddad, like who knows, but it's, that is just the, the mystery like yeah. truly it you have to be open to like mystery and the thing is, is and the thing that i always want my my clients to know is i don't do dark nothing like there's <clears throat> nothing about who i am what i practice what i know to be true that is dark anything that happens has to happen out of goodness and love and light and a person's highest best good and if we can both agree that that's what's going to happen it's just freaking magic from there. Like yeah. it is just miracles and you can't really describe a miracle. You just have to experience it. Yes. So That's outstanding. And for the record, I didn't have headaches. It was actually hemorrhoids. Oh Three my weeks. God. I'm, I'm not treating nobody. <laughs> miracles happen though. Everybody get ready. You keep that to yourself. If that's your miracle, I don't want to know about it. There are boundaries. Um, very few, but, and actually the hemorrhoids occur at the root, at the base of the root chakra. So it's probably a huge thing. <laughs> Damn it. Now all my clients are going to be hemorrhoids for the next week. Hey, I opened the door to healing for people. Thank you. That's yes. lovely. That's what I do. Well, this is lovely. And, and, um, and you are a, uh, a tribal member of the Stephen James Wiley show, meaning you'll be back on the show because there's so much fun yes. stuff to talk about in this domain. Yes. And this barely scratches the surface. I appreciate that, that you would let me come back and ramble on. And I fun. also appreciate that there's enough curiosity about this that people want to hear about it. So yeah, I'm batting around the idea of starting a new podcast myself. We shall see. Sweet. It has a title. What? Oh. Do you want to know? Yes, I do. Love medicine. That's genius. Thank you. I, it pretty much sums it all up. It does. So that is actually coming. I'm announcing it here, unbeknownst to my own self. Yes. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Well, we will look forward to that, and we will. Uh, well, you'll be back. You'll be yes, a, a frequent, frequent flyer here. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, well, love you always. Thank you. Thank you. Love Have to a good you. day, everybody.